Hey, this is Evan, manager of Barcelona, and you are listening to the San Pedro FIFA League podcast. Thank you to Evan uh, for recording that beginning part. Um, I hope to do more of that in the future for like future episodes and, uh, you know, just whatever. I think it'd be something cool to have a cold intro like that. Uh, anyways, what you guys are going to hear on part two of this podcast is uh, the interviews I did with Dre and Evan, these are really long. I mean, this is like 50 something minute. Uh, I think it's like 56 minutes before I uh, cut it. Uh, so it's even, it's still long uh, interviews. Uh, I do pretty much do them live. The reason why is I like getting these real emotions from the managers and it does make it a little bit more interesting when I ask them questions and they don't get to really run from them. Um, Dre and Evan obviously are different interviewees uh, than most people because they like to overanalyze everything. And Dre's obviously the first board member we've ever had on here interview wise. So, um, I hope you guys enjoy these. Um, I know with the Santi one, it was a little bit with the, uh, sound was a little bit weird. Same thing with Luis. Uh, but these guys, they used headphones. Um, I advise in the future that we use headphones. I know I kind of left them Luis and Santi dry on that one. So I do apologize, but so I hope it wasn't too bad on your guys's ears. Um, but as far as everything else goes, I hope you guys enjoy part two of the interviews. Um, I will have some extra stuff, I guess, for you guys as we go along here. There's going to be a lot of episodes. I'm going to try and keep them a little bit shorter. That way I can do two in a week and it's not so crazy. I know a lot of you have free time because of the quarantine. Uh, things aren't as crazy. So I'm a little taking advantage like that um, and just being able to take advantage of myself and do more episodes. So I hope you guys enjoy part two of the interviews here. Um, with Dre, who's the manager of Celtic, and Evan, the manager, as you heard, uh, of Barcelona. Uh, enjoy, guys. Jeez, Louise. Way to come crashing. All right, get away from the mic. Back back away from the mic. It's because of my headset. Hold on. Oh, okay. You're so close. It's, really, it's, the, it's the microphone headsets. Oh, perfect. Then you're fine. Okay, there it goes. Cleared up. It cleared up. You're good. Perfect. It was just you crash landed into the podcast. All right, everyone. Here is Dre of Celtic. <laughs> oh, you're recording live. Wait, uh, crash not do uh, some editing there. No, no. Why? Why would I edit something so horrible into people's ears? It, it actually makes sense. <laughs> What's going Anyways, on, man? welcome to the podcast. Uh, how's everything up there in uh, Seattle? If I'm correct, right? Yeah, it's going good. Uh, you know, government employee, so uh, doing some San Pedro FIFA League recording while getting paid. Oh, see, that's what it's all about. You got to make your money. All right, I have a lot of topics for you, oddly enough. All right, you're the first board member to come in here. Uh, <laughs> Ryan and Joe are clearly terrified for some what. Ryan says he's always busy. I don't quite buy that. Yeah, I think I think Ryan has kind of. Uh... He uh, has realized his FIFA skills need some work, and so he know, knows that being a board member is more of a distraction to him actually winning games. So, Oh, no, I, I understand. I, I get that. I mean, there's the whole rumor of him dismembering his team to to get a whole new one, so we know that that's a, that's a real thing. Yeah, I, I doubt that's going to happen with the, the new uh, acquisitions he's been, been able to pick up. Oh, oh, I, I, I fully agree. Uh, it's It's – been a long season, but I'm going to open the floor to you. D1, your thoughts? Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not surprised. I think, I think, you know, with obviously the race coming down between uh, Witty and Serge, I think Witty will win it. Um, you know, he always kick, has another gear he can kick it up into. Um, but heck, you know, there might be some surprises. Uh, I'm... You know, it's kind of weird just looking at the table compared to last year. You know, as a when I was a D2 player, seeing some of these team names that are further down, I'm very surprised. Uh, but maybe that's just either, you know, FIFA kind of taking a huge transition in how the game plays. Um, I'm not sure, you know, no, no surprise that Evans in fourth place, Kai Havertz and Dybala are just a, a partnership that is so frustrating to play against. Uh, Imagine I, mean, Jeff, I was just playing a friendly against him yesterday and Kai Havertz came on and within two minutes scored this beautiful curler. And I felt like there was nothing I could do. So I'm sure he's kind of frustrated a lot of people throughout the league throughout the season. Um, but looking at the teams, I'm not surprised with um, the bottom, the bottom three, um, you know, Wayne sitting in 17th place. He's definitely going to make some changes. It's, it's weird. He played Wayne in a friendly and he plays a whole different kind of game. 
It's like the opposite. No. Like I could lose to Wayne seven zero in a friendly and then beat him in league games. Uh, or you know, same thing with like Santi. Like lose to him and then you know play league game and, and manage to get a W. So I don't know how that is, um, but it's yeah, it's kind of weird. I think friendlies versus uh, league is definitely different for a lot of people. Uh, but it's definitely a, a fun time right now. No, I mean I. Just so you know, and everyone's going to hear this two weeks from now, and they're going to be like, okay, he's, he's made some good points. So whatever we talk about is two weeks from now. Just so okay, you know, you're, you're, you're getting your own podcast. There's oh, no cool. way. Okay. The, the witty banter between me and you has already been something that everyone is saying is already going to be there. And I, I already kind of sense this. And I'm sure when everyone's listening to it right now, probably like, wow, they would actually do pretty well together. I'm trying to get Evan at the moment while we're doing this. And I, he just he's got so busy. And you obviously texted me first. But anyways, back to the subject. You're, you took over D2 this season running as a re- guy recording everything, kind of like a mini commissioner. Um, do you think it was a good season or what, what would you have liked to see changed or is there anything that you wanted to talk about D2 was? Yeah, I think, uh, as a person recording, I needed to do a better job of staying on top of it because like you said, uh, <laughs> D2 people need to start caring and in order for them to start caring, they need to see the race between other, other players. Um, and for that to occur, uh, results have to be updated constantly. So uh, with being, uh, you know, a second kid, um, I've been quite busy. Um, and then in my free time, the last thing I want to do is record nine goals by either you or Guy Don, because uh, <laughs> it can get really frustrating having to type in nine different goals and nine different assists. Uh, you don't realize how big of a bitch it is to to do all the recordings because uh, it's the scores and the players' goals, assists, yellow cards. So, uh, but I'll try to stay on top of it. Um but I think I'm, I'm not surprised with the results and, and kind of where the standings are. Um, I'm, I'm happy that you were, I'm always going to make this joke, but I'm happy that you were able to not only finish a season, but, you know, secure uh, first place. I love um, Ajax's team. I think he did a really good job of just building a team that is not uh, compiled of like, you know, players that are 30 plus years of age. They're all have some promising talent. Um, uh-huh. Alain talks like he's won league and he's already finished first place, but is barely sitting in the fifth place spot as of now, obviously two weeks from now, we'll see how that looks. Um, and then after that, there's kind of a, just a, in my opinion, a blend of all the same kind of talent. Any of them can uh, kind of, you know, win or lose a game, no matter who they're, who they're playing. Um, it does piss me off that you have someone like Torino's team with a talent that he has sitting at currently eighth. Uh, it's just so frustrating. I wish we could tear that team apart to, to you know, pass the wealth on to the rest of the league. But unfortunately, we can't. Well, I, you know, it's funny. I hear the third interview I've done. So just so people will know, I've done Luis and Santi and now you and Luis and I talked about that. And it's funny that you bring that up because I know you paid attention to D2 because you were in D2. You you finished second in D2. You know what it's like being down there. And the valuable lesson he learned was that he thought it was going to be easy. And it very much wasn't. And I thought the same thing. And I was slow out of the gate. I tied. I lost an FA Cup game. I was slow out of the gate. And then I go and win 25 matches. So I don't know how that happened, to be honest with you. But yeah, another nope. another one that I'm kind of proud of is seeing Benfica in third. I'd love to see him yeah, up right? in D1 uh, because I felt like me and him were, were rivals uh, when, when I was in D2. Um, kind of like how me and ha- me and Andrew had the, the banter now, uh, even though Andrew has put me in my place. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I, you know, I'd like to see him move up and uh, maybe get some games against him next season. No, I mean he's he's uh, based on the way the points are. It would literally after the loss that Atletico Madrid got to Ajax, Benfica actually got promotion. So those things are perfect. Now we know who's in the top three going up. What do you you know? I know we kind of talked about a little bit. A little bit. Who has the best chance of staying up though? Are those three automatically going up? Uh, I'm gonna make a bold prediction. I'm gonna say all three. Wow, you 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 know what's crazy? All three of you today have answered the same way. And okay. I'm very so then, then it's not so bold. No, but but at the same time, it is because it's very hard to come up and go down. I know la- this last year we had what five or six go up because of the quitting and people just kind of stepping out. The quitting of Fiorentina was a big shock, and so did Ar- you know, uh, Arsenal quitting was a big shock. And so, like, it, it was it, these things were it was kind of a weird situation, but 
Daniel Bryan is coming back into D2 next season, and I have to ask, how do you expect him to do next season? Uh, I don't know. It's been some time. You look at like the history he did, you know, middle of the pack, but that was a different FIFA then. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, he's got to stop drinking the White Claws uh, and maybe stay sober for a few games uh, and not use the excuse of the time difference. And if he does that, then I think that looking at the bottom talent of Division One now, if there's any of those players that stay up, uh, then he has kind of a a buffer. Uh, But then he'll have some motivation of having some new players. Uh, I've seen his roster. I can't think of any at the top of the head, but when I was reading his roster, I was like, oh, there's a few names that, that I'm uh, impressed by. So uh, let's just see if the FIFA, you know, F- so FIFA ratings will bless him and kind of give him a few more extra points in terms of the talent. Um, Cause that's the hardest part is just, you know, having a team grow kind of at the simultaneously as, as division two is going on. So you can get that second half uh, bump in and team value and performance. And obviously, you know, Corey, yes. right. Okay, so how do you rate this guy, and how is he going to play? Give us some information about Corey Kindle here. Um, Corey's, I think, really good. Uh, he has he doesn't play cheap soccer like me, where he just booms the ball up the field and Thank you know um, uses speed to get the ball. He plays really uh, smart. Doesn't take a lot of major risks that put him in in jeopardy. I think what how I'm able to always seems to, you know, get a, a huge win off of him is that last kind of like 15 minutes where his team stamina kind of decreases. Um, but I think he, he knows what he wants in terms of players. He knows how to play with them. Um, and he, he can adjust based off of his opponent. And so I think he's going to have a lot of shocking uh, wins um, for next year in D2, especially in like, you know, the FA cup, He'll, people will be surprised by him. I think what is going to be, and this is for everybody, um, what is going to be the, the difference makers, how much time that they can waste or invest, and in, depending on how you see it, in playing those friendlies, playing those, you know, those wagers that keep you fresh and playing someone new you know, every week because that's how ultimately you get better. Um, nope. Preparation is very important. Yeah. I, I talked about in the preseason not to play the people you're going to eventually play. You want to play people better than you if you can. Obviously, we've seen you do that, and now you're in seventh. Talk a little bit about your team for a second here. What has changed besides the fact that I'm looking at your roster right now? You've recorded 17 different stats with different players. I mean, 17 different players have recorded a statistic. I mean, only two, I think, only have – they're only there because of yellow cards. So 15 different players have made an impact on your team. How big has that been for Celtic Um, and your yeah, I think with my team, besides the fact that almost, if not everybody, is of African descent, uh, that just kind of became a joke. But in reality, I'm not sure if FIFA is like subconsciously, you know, biased by skin color, where I like speed. I like speed. Um, I like shifty players. And so, and then aggressive players, you know, in my central defensive mid uh, or or center backs. And so... I've just kind of stuck with what I want naturally because of that. I was drawn to uh, the French league. And so I really just spent rather than kind of focusing on all the leagues across uh, the world, just looking at the talent in the French league. They're also traditionally cheaper uh, in comparison to like, you know, the stars of the German league or or Spanish or uh, English football. Um, And so it's allowed me to get some, you know, cheap options that are, that people can compete against uh, that I can compete with. I mean, uh, and kind of surprise some people. Um, you know, people might say I got lucky with the o- Osman purchase, who has been a, a huge uh, performer in my league. Um, I was able to secure Dembele, uh, who uh-huh. I've you know, fallen in love with. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's I don't kind of you. been a good time. <laughs> Speaking of Osman, he is going to Napoli for 92 million euros. What Do you, do you think that's going to really help his Sofifa? Do you think he's going to be able to grow there? Do you think he's going to become a world-class player there? Or is he going to become like... Like, you know, you talked about, you have a lot of players of African descent. That's you picking players just based off what you like. It just so happens that they happen to be that way. But a lot of players, traditionally, a lot of African players, when they go to Italy, don't do particularly well. Does that worry you as far as your your team being affected with his SoFIFA rating and his value? Um, if he was at, let's say, AC Milan or any other, like, Torino, yes, Um you know, the history of racism, I'm sure, plays a part. You know, you can't get the, the backing of the support from your fans. Uh, with Napoli, they've done a lot to ensure that that experience isn't the same. You know, Koulibaly experienced some racism uh, for Napoli, but, you know, the fans got behind him. They did a huge gesture of support for him. 
he was in, you know, I guess, in, according to the reports, was telling Osaman that it's a place to be and that he won't have those same issues. At the end of the day, he's going to experience that anyway. So it's up, you know, um, it's up to the, those leagues of the world to address that. Um, but I think he's special. I think he's got some uh, amazing talent. He's uh, definitely extremely fast, extremely strong. Um, and I think with the, the foot cards that he got this summer, uh, I was talking to Serge about this. A lot of players who get like their own designated foot card, uh, like for team of the week or team of the season, are t- traditionally being you know followed by those FIFA scouts, and so they traditionally get those boosts a lot quicker than most players. Um, and so I'm hoping he kind of gets that that hype for the FIFA rating uh, system. No, fair enough. And we talk more about your team in the sense of your goals as a team, not the amount of goals that Dembele and uh, Osman have scored because they've done 22 and 17. Pretty good for your first season in D1. But what is it going to take for you to improve this offseason? What are you looking for? Oh, man. Um, I'm definitely looking for a right back. I think everyone's you know looking for a right back. Um, but I'm not the traditional, like, I need to have my right and left back be wing backs. I, I like to prefer them kind of sitting back and, and playing, uh, you know, playing long balls down the side or, or just being in a position to ensure that you don't get countered. Um, I have Ronaldo Esler as my fake left back, but I would like, to, you know, I do feel guilty playing with him. So having a replacement for that. Um, definitely looking to bring in some more speed on the wing uh, just for depth. Um, I am definitely considering selling Musa Dembele. Um, and Kingsley Coleman. So if anyone's interested, please hit me up. Um, <laughs> and then definitely looking for a more stronger presence center, central defensive midfielder. Um, I like that kind of play style of, you know, somebody who can just be aggressive in the midfield, you know, knock people to the floor and get the ball and just do a quick, you know, dish out pass to, to kind of pr- uh, start that counterattack. No, that was big for me, even in D2. You talk about having a guy in the midfield. I mean, you need to have people like that. I was lucky to have three guys that all play very physically and high rate work rates. Is that the only thing you're looking for? I know you're looking to maybe sell Moussa Dembele, but what about your goalkeeping situation? Is Rufier the best one for you, or are you looking? <laughs> what's, uh, you tell me what's the stats on my goals against. Oh, God, here. I, I will span over two things sorry i had something open with santi and we were talking about it but right now for you you have allowed 58 goals which is still very good your first season's pretty impressive uh for, for the most part i mean you've allowed more goals than ooh, actually you've allowed more goals than not many people um i think only leon has less than you uh barcelona wow really just the top of the table so actually you've kind of put yourself in a good position at your first season, the only team close to you is Tottenham and Liverpool and then LAFC along with Wolves. So those teams, you're kind of in the mid table pretty much of allowing goals, but um, you've actually scored a pretty good amount compared to what I thought you would do. Cause I, I remember in the preseason, I was like, you know what, this guy's not going to score that many goals. It could be a problem. You've actually done. Okay. Um, do you look at is, is that just because you have two good strikers you've been able to score or do you hope to maybe improve by maybe getting Alan St. Maxim more of the ball or getting another winger in there? Yeah. Um, honestly, I think FIFA's, you know, it's not like you're, you know, real, uh, real soccer. So you just need to figure out how to beat the system. Um, and you know, near post they talk about as being like a broken uh, shot because it's the goalkeeper, you know, is technically in a position to stop it, but for some reason a near post shot is always has a higher success rate. Um, than you would think um so i was just you know looking into how to how to finish better um i don't know i think my deep i do pretty well with the, the players i have for defense and i'm hoping if i you know buy some a better central defensive midfielder and maybe a better right back that i can even decrease those goals more i think the goalkeeper you know as a goalkeeper myself i think goalkeepers in uh in fifa are broken they've been broken for years so investing heavily in a you know, a uh, goalkeeper is kind of a waste. Um, you know, you always want to have someone amazing, but is it really worth spending more than five or, you know, mil on? I don't think so. Uh, they're always going to deflect the ball right in front of the net. Uh, you know, they're not going to come out for the ball when they should or push the ball out over the post when they, you know, they rather punch it out. So I don't know. It's, you sound it's, like someone who's been hurt by your goalkeeper. I, as someone who has Dean Henderson that has the trait saves with feet, I can't tell you how many times I've pissed somebody off because he saved it with his yeah. big toe. 
So having guys like that maybe is where guys go, I guess. Maybe punches and crosses is something that becomes a thing again. I know it was before. Um, are you looking to get rid of anybody? Is anyone coming out the door for Celtic to improve and maybe get some funds here? Or, or do you think you're going to have some funds to go out and do whatever you want? If I, if I make those two sales of Komen and Dembele, I think I'll have enough money to do what I, what I want. Um, but heck, I don't know. If someone comes with a great offer for Osaman that is reflective of the current market, that makes me want to get rid of them, you know, because I've been, you know, then I'll do it. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm not in a rush to make any, you know, drastic decisions like I did last year uh, with some players. So we'll, uh, we'll kind of pump the brakes. I, I know where I fit it within the league and I can uh, kind of go from there and, and evaluate what decisions I need to make. All right. So we have VT Cup. We have FA Cup. We have the D1 league for you to worry about next season. What are your chances of winning any, any of those titles next season? Zero. Okay. <laughs> I like that. Uh, you know, I made it far in the FA Cup. I had some... Uh, you made some... it to the final. Whoa, 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 pause for a second. You made it to the final. Yes, you lost to Chris, granted. You made it to the final of the FA Cup and went on a pretty fun run. Like, I know we didn't get to talk about it yet on the podcast together because it's your first time on, but, like, you went on a crazy-ass run. Nobody was able to stop you until Chris. What the hell happened <laughs> Honestly, I have no idea. Um, just kind of, I, I found a system that worked that I think, you know, at that time, I think that's when the 4-2-2-2 push, you know, the Bakersfield 4-2-2 made a, made a push. Um, that was kind of Woody's go-to at the time. I think I was one of, myself and Evan were one of the few that kind of had it going at that point. And I think after that tournament was when we start to see a lot more people start to use that formation. Um and so maybe that had something to do with it. It was something new other than Chris, but you didn't associate the success of the formation to Chris. You just thought, oh, that's just Ronaldo, son. You know, that's just them doing their Salah. thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. So who knows? It was it was fun. It was a blast to to shock Evan, you know, have him cursing on the mic. I think who else did I get? Uh, was it? You got Joey. You got Joey Liverpool. And, and, Santi. and you got uh, and you got Santi. Yeah. What so, a, what a scalp. Fun people to piss off. I, I, yeah, fair enough. Um, so, I mean, if you've got zero chances of winning, who is the favorite for next season's title besides Chris and Serge? Who do you think can jump in there? I have to go with Evan. I think, uh, you know, Chris, unless he starts making some big moves like those, you know, it's people are going to start finding ways to catch on. I think Duvall and Havertz, that, that uh, team right there um, just plays really well. And if, if I have a feeling that the way FIFA is going next season, uh, their type of player skill sets is going to be even more important um, because I think the more balanced a player is, the more successful you're going to be in the next one. So um, that's just my opinion. I just what I'm no, reading. Um, but yeah, I think, I think Evan's motivated by beating Woody, like solely beating Woody. That's through fantasy football, you know, <laughs> anything really if it comes to beating Woody he enjoys it um and so that's that his motivation no I mean that's I I totally get it I mean he's done it time and time again you know that many people have been successful against him so to want that is special in itself um uh, so who do you got this season we have Chris we have Serge who wins it it's gonna be Chris you just think no one can stop him I I don't think so I I I've seen the guy, you know, just take it into a whole new gear every time. Uh, I guess the only thing, you know, if it comes down to that last game, it's going to come down to maybe injuries um, uh-huh. to certain players. Um, that yeah. hasn't been a thing this year, though, right? I mean, I was talking to Santi about that. He only had one guy injured. You, all season. You, you, do you know the only guy who's ever gotten injured for your team the entire D, uh, D1 season? No. It's Alan St. Maxim. One injury. That was your entire injury history. Huh. So everyone's been – even Lozano, when he got hurt on my team, I was upset because that was my only injury I've ever had. Guys aren't going into tackles. I talked about this with Santi. You have a really low amount of yellow cards. Is it just like I don't want to lose this player? Is it just like what, what is the thought process behind this? Because I have gotten mad in games. You saw me when I gave up that goal against AG. You guys were watching. I, <laughs> I got the red card because I was pissed because I'm like, you know what, you're not going to score. And he ends up scoring anyways. But, I mean – it. <laughs> There's no, there's no, there's too much composure. I think there's not enough nastiness going on in D1. What, or is, is that just me seeing it from a different perspective? Uh, safe defending in FIFA is just holding L2 the entire time and, and making sure you're in front of the ball. I, I think like, that's what I 
can, you know, traditionally do is just constantly making sure that you have, uh, you know, in those passing lanes. Um, and you don't really have to necessarily tackle unless it's on a wing. Um, but guys so, are still scoring. So what, it, maybe does that change managers' ideologies next season? Or is that going to make you hold the ball longer? Or you see Chris go or someone go in transition, you're like, F it, I'm putting you in, the, in on the ground. I'll take the yellow. Like, is that, is that going to become a thing from some of you guys? I know for you personally, like last season, you didn't have this issue either. You were actually played a pretty clean game, even back in D2. And you did I've lot. never been the type to get frustrated, you know, you know, like for instance, when Washburn, what was it? Five, zero, seven, zero. I can't remember. You know, I'm trying to forget that. It was a lot. Um, I never wanted to, you know, go out and hurt his player. You know, there's, I've heard stories of players like Edison, you know, trying to go for the, for the tackle, you know, on a breakaway because he's losing. Um, I just, I don't know. I just, you know, I accept, I accept the loss. I accept the defeat. Um, and I, I move on. I'm still going to talk tons of shit, you know, cause I like to be. A but what about tactical fouls? Like what about tactical yellows? Is that what most of your yellow cards are? Or is it just, I mistimed it. A 50, 50 ball. I'm just going to put my guy in there and see what uh, happens. Yeah. I would say because of the, deniers i think deniers probably gotten a few because of his speed um you know you kind of have to press l2 and kind of give him that shoulder and that might result in yellow what i've noticed too with pressing circle for tackle is like it's not there's no real way to know if you're gonna do like a you know a standing side tackle or if you're actually gonna put your foot into the ball which then can result into a missed tackle it's like really inconsistent so like you said it could just be a mistiming or whatever the algorithm for tackles are that fifa has yeah, because um, Denier actually only has one card the entire season. It's oh, really? a red. Ankel Correa has the most cards for you. Most yeah, yellow cards. Yeah, he was aggressive. He was feisty. And so Four. he would always uh, – you could spam, like, tackle with him. And I think that's probably, like, a, a jersey pull or, you know, something that the, the game chooses to, to do when you hold tackle too long. All right. Well, no, I mean, I mean, is there anything else you would like to discuss? You talked about your window. You talked about D1, D2. Actually, you know what? I do have one more thing looking at my notes. D2. Before we go, do you believe that we should have a D2 only playoff? Or do you like this D1, D2 playoff? I'm not asking to start conversation. I'm asking yeah. just be um, person. Yeah. I like the idea that you presented in which it ensures that people don't just give up, um, you know, at a certain point in the season when they just kind of start slacking off. You know, it, if we can find a way that maintains people's interest throughout the entire year, and ensures minimal drop off in D two and in and in D one when they just reach a point like ah, I don't care anymore, um, you know, that's what I I prefer a system like that um, because to me even, that I feel like it affects the race because if I'm like in 16th place and I give up a goal to Chris I'm like whatever I'm already in 16th what does it matter what I do right yeah. now there's a fight yeah it was it's the same thing with fantasy football like we got really you know frustrated with when. Uh, a player knows they're not going to make playoffs and they're done for the season and they start just doing stupid things on the waiver, dropping player, you know, like it just, it ruins the experience for everybody. So, you know, if you can ensure that you're always playing the, you know, your opponent at their best ability throughout the entire season, that's going to ensure that the standings are, you know, the best reflection of, you know, the people in our leagues and their talent. So. Um, All right. But what do you think about an automatic four? Is that too drastic? <laughs> Well, if you so that'd be automatic four from D two to D one. No, automatic four from D one to D two. We just drop four people off, drop them off at D two. Just well, leave them there. <laughs> if we let's see, if we look at the four, I can't tell you the difference between if we look at the bottom four the way it is now. Yes, the bottom uh, four it is new. It's not that good, man. It's, I mean, not kind of the same. Man. You know what? What's to say that Dortmund deserves to be there over Bayern just because they're two spots up? No, and that I, you know what, a mini talk with Evan, I, I felt the same way. He felt the same way. He's like, man, they've had all season. Why yeah. do we need? Why do they get a playoff to stay in? And I think that's more so what it's about. I think even some of the other managers are catching on. And I think before it was a little bit more competitive. Uh, guys didn't want to see you win. Like now it's like, oh, what he's so good. I don't, I don't care. But back then it was like, oh, I, I remember I once the one season me and Ryan probably one of us should have won it. Uh, Daniel's friend Mitch actually won it, but we were all close. So everybody wanted to be that person to ruin our season. And it was competitive. Even guys that were going to get re relegated were still right there, ready to pounce on us and try and ruin our, uh, ruin our season. But those were things that were happening. 
Yeah, you um, want those players to to race to you know be in that twelfth spot rather than race to just be above that the eighteenth spot. And to me, it's you know the only way to do that is to instill fear in them that they're going to be re- relegated regardless of where you know if they're that seventeenth or twentieth place. Um, so yeah, I, I just say I'd prefer a system like that because then you'd have players who probably are chasing you know you know an extra win or two regardless if they you know, are only if they're three spots ahead of last place. So if you look at like, if you look at um, Kashima Antlers, like not a great start to the season, but didn't like where he was, made some changes. And now, you know, he's staying safe at 12th place with 34 points. Because uh, he knew he couldn't risk the playoff. But see, Ryan has a respect for the playoff, whereas some managers are going to see it as, I could beat that guy in D2. Maybe this year is an anomaly with Robert being so good and Al Ayn being so good compared to how they were, you know, how it's been in the past. But and I know teams like Bayern beat Houston and we, we learned that Houston isn't defensively sound. And I, I think we learn more about the teams as they go through the seasons, but you know, what about a D2 only playoff? How would you see that playing out? I know you listened to it. What do you think about that? Do you think there's something in that or should we only do four teams that go up and four and five play each other for a chance to go up? Like, what do you think as the guy who does, work for the D2 teams? Um, this is the tricky one because, you know, I would hate for a – so would it would – because it, you passed out so many ideas. Would it ensure that, like, first and second would be an automatic bump? So it would be third through sixth? Well, I propose that if, if it was, you know, you wanted to instill that competition, you do the top two or top three go up, and then the next four positions have a playoff. And essentially the top two seeds of those four teams that are going to fight get an extra goal in this in the first round. And then in the final, no one gets an advantage. So honestly, you know, I think you point. could do simply the same thing that you've done with, you know, with the idea of D one is four go up four go down. Um, then you have that oh, six, that sixth place, that fifth place who are, uh, you know, they're not going to let themselves drop below, you know, a game or two beyond that fourth place in division two. Uh, they're going to fight and always play their best game. They're not going to go, you know, you know, they're having a, you know, a night drinking a beer. They're going to take it, you know, get a little drunk and play their, uh, a game that really matters because they don't want to take that risk. And so I think division two has that casualness for it. And if you want to ensure that people are going to play their best all the time, you know, four go up, just like four go down, they're always chasing to, to make it to D one, not chasing to play in a playoff that they potentially could lose uh, and not go up. Yeah, no, I, I've, Fully, wholeheartedly agree. Did you have anything else before we end this interview? Did anything else you wanted to talk about? Any questions? Anything? Fire away. Yeah, uh, Serge. Uh, if you still haven't recorded D one results by now, um, hit up uh, Ryan or, or Joey. I'm sure they can help you out again. <laughs> All right, Dre. Thank you very much, man, for coming on. This is this has been a good one. Um, I'm going to get you on regularly at this point. This is, it's, it's too smooth of an interview. Um, but thank you once again, man. No worries, man. Thanks for having me. All right, man. Good luck. See you next season in D1. Can't wait to yeah. take, the, your, take your points. Sounds good, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jay. Have a good one, man. Be safe. Take, take care. So that was Dre, obviously, guys, 30 minutes. I know it's been a long time to talk to just us two. I hope you guys really enjoyed the banter and all the stuff we talked about. Uh, we're going to take a little break, and then I'm going to send you guys over to the interview I did with Evan. He's the manager of Barcelona, as you guys heard in the intro. Um, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy it. We'll be right back. There you are. All right, Evan. So uh, welcome I think back, I'm back to the show. <laughs> yeah, welcome back to the pot technically now this is your second time no um <laughs> but anyways <laughs> let's let's start from the top here so obviously just just be careful we might kick you out of the uh interview so yeah i think what i did was i actually hit that like little microphone thing at the top left so i think it just booted me so I'll oh, be yeah. it'll it'll boot you because it's recording so if you click out of the recording yeah it takes you anyways that's a whole thing anyways <laughs> um no so Let's start instead of how we started last time. Let's start with the payout. So 60 mil goes to the winner in D1. Um, I believe it was 35 for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, D2 winners, but 56, 55 is what you're looking at there. You like that? Mm-hmm. How's that sound? It sounds it sounds good to me, but I'm waiting for you to tell me the adjusted the adjusted payout. Is that the actual payout that we're gonna nope. get this year? Yeah, they posted that. That's the actual payout. Oh, okay, yeah. 55 mil sounds good to me. That's kind of what I was planning on. 
yeah, the market did not crash like we all people were talking about. I didn't think it was going to anyways. And then you saw Chelsea spending money in real life like it was no problem. But yeah, 55 yeah, mil. Chelsea's in a unique, unique spot right now because um, they had all that money from Hazard that they haven't spent. And they no. had that ban. So oh, yeah, I, it, it looks like they're going to be getting my guy Kai Havertz. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, that's that's worked out well. Speaking of teams making moves, you have 55 mil now, probably a little bit more. I don't know how much you have saved up already but now how does this affect your off season now you know how much you're gonna get how does this play in yeah um i think i'm gonna buy a center back i need a i need a center back so i'm i'm switching to three defenders um Mm -hmm. i've done that within my last couple games and it's actually working out pretty good but i need a better center back to go along with uh luis felipe and akanji um, okay, right now, so I I got like, wait, wait, going to a back three, does that mean we're mm-hmm. going to see more possession? We're going to see a 3-5-2? We're going to see 3-4-3? Yeah. What are we looking so at? I, I'm looking at a 3-5-2 now. Um, okay. So I keep Havertz and Dybala up top still with mm, uh, Casino right behind them in the cam roll. And then uh, I need to get a winger. I need to get a right winger because I have Chuck Weezy on the left. I'm uh, – I've already made a deal with Ronnie. Should I be disclosing deals right now on this podcast? You, you can do whatever you want. This is my <laughs> podcast. It is not the league's. Um, right. we, I already have it registered under my name. So if they try and take it from me. <laughs> no, uh, go ahead, though. If you want to, it's up to you. All seriousness. Yeah, so I, uh, I'm trading uh, Felipe Anderson and a Ooh. little bit of cash uh, to Ronnie um, for uh, – Nicolo Barretta, the Italian midfielder. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I need to get a right winger. Box guy or what? Is, is, is that why Barella's going to come into the squad? You, you need that box-to-box midfielder? Or do you think, like, hey, he's Italian, he's used to playing with three defenders behind him? <laughs> That's you a know. good point because Inter does play with three defenders. But, no, it was more like I needed, I needed another box-to-box midfielder. And, um, you know, I, I've had Felipe Anderson now for, like, two or three seasons. I'm all about just, like, switching players out and, and playing with some new players other than like a core core like two or three guys mm-hmm. well now you obviously have the money so you know you're not going to be worried about dashing that out and you obviously want a center back what is it going to take though because i know people like i told you before when before you we you know the interview got cut short Mm-hmm. People are talking about your team as seriously competing. What does that take? Are you going to have to take a different approach to your season? Are you going to have to take an approach to how you treat every game or how you treat your certain opponents? Or what do you think is going to yeah. – what is it going to take? Because your defense has actually not been bad. You've only allowed 34 goals from what's been recorded so far. Mm-hmm. And then you have uh, – you're up there with a new generation of goalkeepers, and I'm going to be joining – thankfully, I can honestly say I'm going to be joining that group of – guys who really care about that goalkeeping defense positions mm-hmm. um, and you have that with Serge myself and, and Chris and you have that now you're part of that weird group of double digit clean sheets in a season it doesn't happen very often um, what does that do for your plans here I know back three so how does that change your approach game by game are you going to change that back three every now and then or what's going to happen no, I, I don't think my bench is deep enough to where I can really, like, change around stuff. Um, I think I need, like, one more window to actually have, like, some pretty good subs. Because right now I have, like, Jesus Navas and Ricky Push coming off my bench. Uh, also, Tiago, off your bench. <laughs> true, but I lose him because I would have – yeah, that's true. <laughs> I would have had to pay 60 mil in the season for Tiago and, like, Back when I made that deal, I was like, oh, you know, no big deal. Tiago, you know, he's an amazing center mid. But yeah, how could you I actually, um, you know, the, like the more I played with him, like, I don't know. I'm just maybe he's just not my style of player, but it wasn't really clicking um, in there as much for me. And plus I'm losing him. So I, I, I replaced him with uh, Barella. And then uh, so I, I started playing with Juan Bernat as my other CDM role and surprisingly uh-huh. kind of liking it. He's a yeah, back. No, sometimes you'll find no I know exactly who Juan Bernard is trust me Aaron had him <laughs> for a long time and I, I I've gotten to know him pretty well and <laughs> sometimes you'll find that guys can fit in different roles it's like uh you know where when I was growing up we used to play Madden we used to be throwing guys in random positions on purpose or basket or 2k we would throw different guys in different positions to mess with whoever we were playing with because it would create a mismatch 
does this do that for you? Or is this something that you're just kind of like, Hey, it's working. I'm not going to mess with it until it's broken. Yeah. So I was like counting my end of year funds and I was like, I, I really need a center back. I really need a winger, but who the hell is my other center mid? Because I was going to get uh, in them but he's just not getting any minutes on Tottenham just kind of looks like a mess situation. So I kind of want out of that. So I'm, uh, I'm not going to go through with the, the end of season buyout for him. So I was looking at all my funds and I was like, well, maybe somebody will loan me a, a center mid. Uh, but then I just started trying out Juan Bernat because he was on my bench um, when I started playing uh, three defenders. And I threw him in there and he just buzzes around the pitch. Like he's fast. He's got, you know, good ball control, good passing. And I was just really surprised how much I liked him there. So I'm going to keep him there. No, I mean, I mean, I, I talked about this with Aaron, you know, when we talk about our own players and we're talking about what were we going to do for our own off seasons. Ola Aina for me is a guy who, if you look up his SoFIFA, he could play in anything at the back. So I can, mm-hmm. and he can play left mid and right mid. So that's a guy I use. He's kind of like a Maitland Niles for Arsenal, where he can kind of play everywhere. I know he's going to mm-hmm. be leaving Arsenal. So that's kind of a weird player to use. But uh, also, kind of, I would even put him as a James Milner type of guy. Like those are guys that you kind of need every now and then. Uh, just yeah. kind of come out of nowhere. They'll do the where dirty I, work. <laughs> no, no, they will. And they'll be willing. To, and obviously, Ina has pace. I've played against you a couple of times with him. He just runs. Like, he's just, that's what he's good at. He could definitely take guys out of the game physically. But mm-hmm. for you, if let's say this Juan Bernat experiment fails, you know, you have Barella now, you have, you know, Tiago's obviously not going to stay on this team. Where are the goals going to be created from? Can Dabala and Havertz continue this path <laughs> that they're on? Because right now I'm looking at 29 goals. For Dabala, 29 or 39 for Havertz, 23 assists, 29 assists. So you have pretty much a two man system. Anderson's going to be gone. So that's 13 yeah. assists. Gone. I'm pretty Eight sure all gone. of Havertz's assists have gone to Dabala and vice versa. Oh, and that's that seems that if the math <laughs> presents itself, that's pretty accurate. Coutinho's had a minor impact since coming in, but uh, Chuck Awize, he has the look of a 10 and 10 season possibly. Um, but what about? other impacts because you've only recorded and this is going to probably freak you out, but only 11 different players have impacted assists and goals. Whereas guys <laughs> like Dre, whereas guys like Dre, Santi, um, you know, Chris, Serge, they've had 10 or more uh, or 15 or more, excuse me, this season. Yeah. Like, and those guys have been around for a little bit. I know That's Dre has some stat that you pulled out George. You're doing, Dre, your, you're doing the research. I'm not doing four interviews for three hours just to mess around. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I definitely I came it. in ready to, ready to swing. Once I found out who was going to be interviewed, I sat here and looked it up and, and did my math. But, you know, you're going to have to replace 13 assists, though. That is your third highest in your squad. Yeah. Is that going to be something that Chuck Awize can do? Coutinho, maybe? You don't really play anywhere particular down the middle or on the wing. You kind of like to mix it up. So. Is there a guy you're going to pick and be like, I need you to be the third guy? Or is that going to be something that just you kind of hope falls into place? Yeah, so I have a winger in mind that I'm looking at, but he's on the free market right now. Fair so enough. I'm going to withhold saying his name. Um, but, I mean, he's he's uh, he's an older older player, so he's a little bit cheaper. Um, so I think I can get him on the market. I might go into a little bit of a bidding more, but I, I should have some cash to back that up. But um, I really just like – I'm just riding Havertz and Dabala until those wheels fall off. <laughs> like they score no, fair enough. and create all my chances. Um, Coutinho, I'm starting to get like a lot better with him. I think when I first brought him in, he was, um, yeah, I just had to get used to him. Um, but I like him a lot now. Uh, I think Chuck Weze should have a higher rating next FIFA than 77. Like I've been watching him this season. He's balling out. So that's been great. Yeah. So I think, I mean, It'll it'll get distributed out a little bit more because I think Felipe Anderson was having a statistically pretty good season. Uh, no, he had a great season. No, he had a great yeah. season. Do you know what he had? What? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he had 13 assists, 8 goals on your league season. Hmm, okay. Yeah, I mean, yep. it'll probably get distributed out a little bit more, but I'm re- just really relying on DeBall and Havertz. <laughs> All right, so here's the issue, and I talked about this with Dre because a lot of you in D1 and a lot of guys in D2, we've been very fortunate with the injuries. <laughs> I've only had one injury all season. Do you know the two players that you've had injured this yeah. entire season? You've only uh, had two. And they've only well, been I injured think one. Bernat was one of them, right? Yes, correct. Okay, who's the other? Uh, was it Novice? It was the guy you're getting rid of, Felipe Anderson. It was Felipe. <laughs> so, 
that's how scarce the injuries have been. If they do take an uptick, does your team have the depth to make a run at the title? No, because I'd that be was, Because that was the thing me and Dre were discussing at length is that that's probably the only thing that's going to hold you back is if your guys go down, which a lot of guys haven't been hurt this year, granted, mm-hmm. guys get hurt or you pick up cards, I, I, and you don't. You've literally only picked up two cards this season, two yellow cards. Do you know who's gotten those? And one will surprise you for sure. Havertz maybe got one. Oh, oh you got the one I didn't think you were going to get. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I, I mean, I'm usually pretty aggressive with him. Um, I, I'm guessing Luis Felipe because he's kind of reckless. No, Kanji is actually the one who got Kanji. it. <laughs> those are your only two cards that you've gotten all season. You haven't got any reds to your credit. You've gotten those player. <laughs> those things, though, those three things, the yellow and red card and the injuries, could very much change in the next FIFA. Can that really affect the title race next season? Yeah. Uh, shit. I don't know. I feel like there was more injuries on the last FIFA than there are in this one. I think it's because guys are playing a little bit cleaner. I think they're scared defensively to take a risk. Therefore, they don't aren't willing to give up a defender on the break. Whereas, you know, some of us, like myself, are a little bit more willing to take somebody's legs out and hopefully <laughs> hurt them for a while. Yeah, yeah, I wanted I, to do that to Chris really bad when we played. No, no one would blame I you. I hurt Ronaldo or son so bad. <laughs> no, and like I said, no one would blame you. And speaking of that guy, we're looking at probably the greatest season uh, we've ever seen in this league. Who wins this title, though? Because whoever wins it is going to look – we're going to look back and be like, this is the best season they've ever had uh, or will ever have been undefeated. Yeah. Is it possible to be undefeated? I think, I think Chris is going to win it. Hmm. Yeah, I think Chris is going to win it. You know what? My bold prediction, I think I'm going to tie or beat Serge when I play him before he gets to Chris. Oh, man. So you're going to be the one who ruins it, basically. You're going to be the chill. I told Chris I was going to try to. I mean, not that I don't want Serge to win. I'd actually prefer Serge to win. Um, so but I'm just, like, you know, competing for that that third-place spot with Roman. So I got I to gotta do my best. But, damn, Serge is hard to beat. I tied no, he's very, our first game of the season, and like uh, he just doesn't make mistakes. So, but I think Chris, he just he's got he's got the bet like the better front three. He's got the FIFA goat with Ronaldo, and just on top of that, like he's he's the best FIFA player in the league. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, from experience, I know I could definitely hold my hand up when someone asks in a room who's got a winning record against Chris. I might be one of the few guys that could raise my hand. Um, <laughs> yeah. Have I beaten him in a title race? No, and that's what makes the difference with him is that he stays on it all season long. And I know this is your first time really experiencing D1, like, uh, you know, like really getting the vibe of like how ridiculous it is uh, over these last two seasons. Like, what do you make of it? Like these last two seasons, what can you really reflect on? Um, I just, I feel like I'm really close to like putting together a team that at least challenges for it. I just, I knew I wasn't going to be able to last year. And my goal was like top five last year. And then I think when we spoke beginning of the season, like my goal was top three, I think I'm going to end up probably finishing fourth. Um, And then I think next year, I think as long as, like you said, I don't have like a ton of injuries, I think I could make a run. Um, I just need a little bit better uh, defense. And, um, but yeah, you want to hear kind of a funny story? Like, cause I was talking about like him having Ronaldo, but the other night, like, I was talking a bunch of shit to Chris, like I usually do in our group chat with uh, him, Wayne, uh, Corey, and Dre. And I was basically saying, like, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd beat you in the league, like, if you don't have Ronaldo, like, you're fucked once he's gone. And he was <laughs> like, all right, hop on, let's play best of three. And this guy put Hudson Adoy in and didn't even play Ronaldo. And he, I think he skunked me both games just because I was talking shit. Like, he, there's just another level to his playing, like, when he gets serious. I, I also think, and, I, and I've talked about this at length, and I know he listens to the podcast because everyone tells me he listens, but he doesn't directly tell me. And it's because of this reason, in my opinion, is that he knows something that I know that he knows, right? Is that I know how to beat Chris. I personally know how to beat Chris. And I know that I'm not, he knows that I'm not going to share it with everybody. <laughs> well, we're going to welcome you to D1 then. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I'm going to welcome you guys to D1 because I am not going to play fair. I'm going to foul you guys. I'm going to hurt your players. I'm not going to give you guys an inch. It's, I, I can't wait. And that's something that I talked to Dre about. And even, you know, you know, even after the interview was over, we were texting each other. I'm telling him, I'm like, dude, it's, 
it's a different ball game. I've been here before. I haven't won anything as a D, like D1 league-wise. I've won my FA Cups. What happened to you in the FA Cup? Because I talked to Dre about oh, it. Oh, my God. And I'm a master transitioner, clearly. And boom, I threw it right back on you uh, before it becomes about me. And, uh, dude, what happened? Because Dre is Dre got to the final and just gets mollywopped. And yeah. you, you found a way to get where you were. And he told me you were pissed. How does this Barcelona team get a title under its belt? VTFA league title, something. Yeah, I was heated about that because I feel like I would have had a better shot at winning the title than he would. Oh, you would have big time. Yeah, no one's going to um, lie to you about that. Dude, I don't know. Like, Dre, he outplayed me that. Like, Dre's beat me twice this season now, and I beat him yes, twice. Yes, he has. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Like, we play a lot, and I think just his style of play matches up well against the way I like to play. Like, he cuts off the pass to Havertz. He plays like ugly soccer and he doesn't give a shit if it's ugly, if he like has the outcome. And I remember he got up, uh, he got up on me and I started like thinking in the back of my head, like, I'm going to hear so much fucking shit from this guy if I lose. And it almost but made me like, have... play worse. Uh, yeah, no. And that's what I talked to Luis about. And you guys will hear that on this Monday coming podcast where I'm going to say it, whereas I'm going to save you and Dre for the following Monday. But what you guys have to understand is when it's one nil, the game is still there. And a lot of you do panic. And I've noticed mm-hmm. that Luis and I talked about that and he goes, I do. I just freak out. Cause I don't want to lose by one goal, but I'd rather lose by one goal. Like how I lost to club Leon. You saw the amount of shots I put up the possession. I put up mm-hmm. sometimes it's not going to happen for you, but you have to keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. You can't I blew it. That game for sure. And, and I feel like that's what happens when people play Chris or play surge. They're like, Oh, he got that one goal. Shit. It's over with. And that's one thing that, uh, you know, I talked a little bit about it in the past podcast with Serge is that he gave me a compliment after we had played that one time, that one time a long time ago. Um, but I'll hold on to it because it made me confident was that he was like, oh, you really stuck to what you were doing, though. That was your game plan. It didn't work, but you you got your goal to tie me at halftime. And then you just you kept going with it. You It almost worked. I knew that I was only going to get two, three shots in the game, but I knew I had to make them count. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So guys like maybe have to go more tactically about it during the season. And we haven't really seen that at times. I know Aaron has yeah, done there's it. There's some guys in our league that actually uh, like change their tactics at like halftime. And I don't ever do that. I just keep it all the same throughout the whole game. But like, Oh, and you're going to learn. I mean, next season yeah. guys want to beat you even more when you finish in the top four, I, I can guarantee guys are going to, I mean, look at what, what's happening to Roman. He's in a weird transition season, and guys are always coming after him. They know he's weak in the midfield. They know Otamendi's not a good defender. They're going to come right at those guys. Yeah. Once they've learned a little bit about you, they're going to try and hurt you, and that's just the way it goes. And that's what makes Chris that much more impressive. But as far as you go, I mean, FA Cup, VT Cup, you got to get your seating. So I don't blame you for going for the top four. You know yeah. what I mean? I cannot blame you for that. Yeah, but, and that, it was just, I think there's, like, a pretty big difference in, like, payout for fourth and fifth, right? You would think so. Uh, but me knowing those in the league, you were looking at a five-mil difference. So, I guess yeah. it's a decent gap. So, I remember – I think last year I got fifth and Santi finished above me. And I was like, I need to get that top four. Because it's just, like, an extra five-mil is a, a player you could loan or – you know what and I mean? It's like, your, and it's your own group in the FA Cup, which is a big deal now because of the format we play under. It's Champions League style. So, you want your own group. You want you your mean, own group. You have your own group. Like you get a buy. No, you get your own group. As in, like you're you're the first team. At, you're, oh, you're the so first I won't team see that, like the top play three. another top four. Yes, you won't see the top three, and that is important. Uh, and I try to explain that to people. You won't have to deal with them, you know. And that's that's, nice. that's always that's always nice. <laughs> you don't want to have to play with guys. Um, Until yeah, you get no, like so, Santi putting your group. <laughs> Yeah, I had Santi twice this season. I don't know what that's about. I'd call it conspiracy, uh, <laughs> but it's be- also because I was in D2. Um, but yeah, about those D2 teams that are coming up, Leicester City, Benfica, Ajax, what do you think about those three teams that are automatically coming up? We don't have the playoff I mean, yet. But, you know. Yeah, I've played all you guys, and I've like gone back to our group chat that I have with like the boys, and I tell them, I'm like, once these, some of these guys in D2, like when they get D1 teams, it's going to be really competitive. Which is really and good. We'll, That's what we want to see. No, fair enough. I mean, who do you think has the best chance of staying up, or will all three actually stay up? Honestly, you everyone... guys, you all three could stay up. I wouldn't be surprised about it. I've even played uh, Alain, 
and like they have some impressive games against me where I'm like, damn, how are they not higher in D2 as well? Well, it just goes to show you guys adjust, right? Um, obviously, we still have the playoff. What do you think about the playoff? I know we talked a little bit about the, the D2-only playoff. I talked about mm-hmm. it with Dre. What do you think about something like that happening? I love it. Kind of- I mean, in real life, I hate it. Like, the, I, I don't like the MLS and, like, how they structure it. But it would make uh, – it would just make for, like, more fun, you know? Like, you could have, like, the end-of-season victor, but, like, the ultimate champion is the one that comes out of that tournament or something like that, like – and it's just another reason to pay people out. <laughs> well, no, I mean, more so as like a D2 promotion playoff. I mean, I agree with what mm, you just said. I fully agree. But a D2 only playoff. What do you think about something like that? Instead of giving the D1 teams an anchor. No pun intended there. Um, yeah. Um, I think that's interesting. I don't like the fact that like if you finish bottom four in D1, you still get a playoff game for it to stay in. Like. That should have been – you had a whole season to get out of the relegation zone, so I feel like people need to fear that relegation zone more rather than being like, oh, well, I'm going to finish bottom. I'm going to loan out some players and say fuck it and, and just hope that I win my playoff matchup. Yeah, uh, and that's one of the things I criticize. I, uh, I obviously got some blowback. I know the 18-team league, it seems very unlikely. But if there's one thing that could change, it could be the D2 promotional playoff only – where I'm, I was t- telling Dre, three teams up automatically, and then that fourth team uh, has to, you know, they have to win to have that fourth team go in. I think it would be fun looking at the teams now. Uh, but as far as D1 goes, what do you think about next season? Do you think it's more of Chris, or do you think it's, you know, are, are things going to change here? Do you think you can impact things? What's going to be the big factor? Do you think it's going to be some of us coming up? Do you think that, you know, whatever. What do you think is going to be the X factor for whoever wins next season? Yeah, I always feel like the biggest transition for me in FIFA is like the defending. The defending always kind of changes. So it just kind of depends on who adjusts to like the new style of gameplay faster than others. Because like if you're not completely adjusted to it at the beginning of the season, you could drop some games. So I think it just depends on like the style of gameplay that new FIFA like has. And I'm assuming like the top FIFA players will still be the top FIFA players in the new one. But, you know, the difference between like first and second could switch around there all right so is there is there any people that are coming out of barcelona are we going to see you let people obviously you're letting tiago go back um but you know is there anything that's really going to change for you guys as far as letting players go are you going to sell anyone or is this going to stay a tight group damn um yeah i mean i think it's going to stay a tight group but i have been getting some pretty interesting offers uh for some of my top players including Havertz well I mean I imagine so <laughs> I'm pretty <laughs> sure everyone, you know uh, because he is going to be that next generational player like an Mbappe or a Trent Alexander-Arnold um, yeah. you know guys who are going to be the best at their position for a long time probably 10 year span um, but anyways is there anything else you wanted to say before we end this interview no uh this has been this has been good man appreciate you uh having me on Oh, no, man. It's it's fun to always get guys who are going to be willing to talk about stuff. Um, of course, I'm going to try and get some people on here. I know we're going into the off season, so it should be fun. Now we know how much we're getting, uh, so we could kind of start playing. Here come, here come all the transfers. As soon as I hop off this call, I'm literally going like, to go to the drawing board. No, fair enough. I'm about to do the same. <laughs> I actually have opened so FIFA already on uh, Irving Lozano. Um, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for being on, man. I look forward to next time course man looking forward to uh hearing my own voice it's always weird on the podcast yeah you get used to it i I (laughs) go back and listen to myself i'm like all right i'm listening to a podcast that isn't mine yeah um i have to kind of tell myself it's not me talking otherwise i can't listen to it uh because i i feel like i ramble but then i hear people say they like it so then i'm like okay rambling is okay we enjoy it we appreciate it I'm glad. All right, uh, then next time, man, I will talk to you. We'll probably get, be getting ready for us being in D1, so I look forward to seeing you there. Sounds good, man. Talk to you soon. All right, brother. Bye. Bye. All right, guys, so that's the end of our little I- interviews that we did. I will try some more in the future. Uh, that way we can uh, just kind of have some guys, you know, real opinions as we uh, continue to talk about things in the league and stuff like that. And, you know, now we know how much we're going to be able to make. Uh, as far as the managers go and we'll have a lot of transfer talk on the next uh, podcast and really get into uh, what this actually means so we're going to get into that 
on the next podcast for sure. We'll have some results to talk about. Um, doing it like this kind of just saves me time and allows guys like Serge and Dre to really keep it up. Um, I'm just really happy that guys were able to do this. So I really appreciate everything that uh, everyone's done to help out. And uh, I'm, it's been a pleasure so far for this second season. We're about to wrap it up, but um, I'm just really glad that we were able to get some interviews in before the season. And obviously in the off season, we're going to be doing the same thing. Uh, it's been a pleasure for this season, like I said. Uh, this is George Tello. This has been another episode of the San Pedro FIFA League podcast. Until next time, goodbye.